I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast. And with me, Kevin Byrne, part two. With journalist Eamon Carr, we're discussing his new book, Show Business with Blood, A Golden Age of Irish Boxing. Said by Donald McRae on the front cover, a book that flows with riveting stories of great fighters, an unforgettable addition to the rich history of Irish boxing. With Eamon here, we're, we're discussing um, just the, the contents, really. We're, like we're, we spoke at length in the first part about Steve Collins and Phil Linnett and just the great stories of your life, uh, Eamon, and... You know, how you got into the sport and how you got into journalism but at the end there you're saying about how Steve Collins had flown off to Vegas and, and yeah. Vegas is where like the, the tale takes up with I suppose Wayne McCullough didn't he had you know was based in Vegas still is but you know came back to Dublin and you wrote uh, some a memorable piece with Wayne there I think during Covid as well about his fight with Wayne and you know how close he came to death yeah that really was true I mean that that that, that, yeah, well, that, that fight really did you get that experience that all people new to boxing journalism get, and we still get, when you see a, a bloke almost die in front of you? Yeah, it makes you think, "The fuck, am I, what am I doing yeah. here?" Oh, no, absolutely, What's this totally. Sport? I'm, 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 I've had it. It's, it's one thing watching on the television; it's another being ringside to report on something when a fighter like nearly dies in front absolutely. of you. And there's lots of journalists who've witnessed it happen. Uh, I can't imagine it, but yeah. I've seen the first fight I covered was Don Cordova for the for the newspaper. And Cordova collapsed in our corner yeah, right yeah, beside yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. Like, yeah. you know, no, it, 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 <laughs> I'd no, been to the fights before. I think I'd covered a bit of amateur boxing for the newspaper, but a professional show, no. Amateur boxing and professional, obviously, clearly, yeah. you know, very, totally, totally different things entirely. And now this frenzied atmosphere, as I think that the the, the Panamanian boxer could die in front yeah. of me. Fortunately, he was fine. But one of the last fights I was at, a South African fighter, Ludomu Lumati, where he, he'll never be the same again. He had some of the skull taken out, I think, yeah. to deal with a catastrophic brain injury. That was on the Michael Conlon bill in Belfast on May the 27th, I think. So it's only a few months ago. And I've, you know, I've struggled with that since. I lost a bit of taste for it, I have to say, and I haven't really gone back too much since. Well, you know, the funny thing is, right, it's strange. Now, this is, again, the soul. Many weird synchronicities in, in me coming to write this thing. I mean, I wouldn't have ever thought, like, 10 years ago or 70, 50, whatever, number of years ago, I would never, ever have imagined, number one, that I'd be close enough to boxing to have any amount of, you know, information or stories about it. And then, two, never would have imagined that I would have, you know, a book to write about. But anyway, but when I was a kid... And I was in boarding school and there was a lad in the school who had, this is in the 60s, right, early 60s. And there was a lad who had a crystal set. I think he probably made a fucking thing himself or something, right? But you could get an end of it from him. And I don't know what station, he used to get American Forces Network Radio or something. I'm not quite sure what it was. But 
you know, you could, you could, you could go under the covers uh, in bed and, and listen with this little earpiece um, to stuff from America. And I remember being astonished that, and I wouldn't really have known, I wouldn't have known Emil Griffith, but the fight where he killed Parrot, that, that was like a shocker. The fact that your man died, and then there was a big scan, then uh, fights went off the networks. Mm, yeah. I mean, that was, that was huge, but I remember it at the, vividly at the time. But the reality was that somebody had actually died in the ring. And obviously that, that had happened, but this was when it first impinged on my consciousness. And then you would see it. You know, you would, you, as you said it, the, the McCullough fight. Like, I, I, I wasn't at ringside, precisely at ringside, but I was about 12 seats back, I think, or whatever. And I remember thinking, Jesus' face is getting very red. And then his face is looking like a man. His face is looking like a balloon. His face doesn't look like himself. And then, but I kept thinking, this can't be actually happening. It must be my eyesight or the lighting or, you know, I, I just didn't think that uh, such an amount of punishment was being allowed, you know. Mm. So anyway, uh, by the end of it, his, his face was inflated beyond belief and he won the fight, but he didn't know anything about it, as he said himself. And I had spent time with him out in, in Luttrellstown before it. Um, and then years later, I met him again. I can't remember what, offhand, how many years later. And by God, the difference in the man. Now, I might meet him again tomorrow and he might be, you know, perfectly normal and ambitious and mm. businesslike and all that. But the second time I met him, and there was a gap of a few years, a fair few years, um, he was a haunted man, you know, genuinely haunted. And, you know, you just thought, oh, God, he was. He seemed to be a shell of the guy that I would before the Bueno fight. Right. So, a young man in, in the early 90s, top yeah, of the world. Yeah. On his way. Yeah. Like, full, like of, full of fun, yeah, yeah, happy days, yeah, yeah. later on, haunted figure. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and the, the terror that he would have seen or felt or experienced or whatever. And then this, and the weird thing is, I met Emily Griffith in New York. And I, I tell the story in the book where he actually tapped me on the shoulder and said, you've dropped something, you know. And I didn't, I looked around and I didn't recognize, I didn't go, oh, yeah, she said, Emily Griffith. I went, yeah. And, and somebody said to me, it's Emily Griffith. And I went, fuck. And I went, oh. Hello. So then I talked to the man, and then later on uh, I got a heads up. There was a Boxing Digest uh, awards party going on uh, over a strip club, I think, in in, in uh, Times Square, and Emil was there. So I sat and had a bit of a chat with him, but he, and he was just an absolutely gentle soul, unbelievable. But obviously the fury that he had expended on mm. like that he bet Paris. Oh, credible stuff. And Barry McGuigan is another one. You don't yeah. want to delve, delve too deeply into that either, you know? One of the more memorable things I attended uh, in the guise of boxing writer or whatever. Do you remember we were you you organized the invitations 
Ray, uh, Ray Mancini was in town. Oh, I, Ray, so yeah, 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 yeah. And St. Yeah. Saviour's, you and me, and a couple of young hacks, I think, they were there. I know Joe, Joe Neil, and Gavin Case. Yes, along. yeah, yeah. There was a few other heads as well. And, and we got the opportunity to just sit down and just chat shit and chat. Yeah. Top you heard. Yes. And we just got the opportunity to sit down for an hour with Mancini. Yeah. Boom, boom, Mancini. Was the astonishing. He was unbelievable, wasn't he? Yeah. And answered like, every question and... Like he he sort of said, would yeah. would would you know? Would I like to get a few of the lads? And yeah, I fucking rang you around. Shy away from it either. The the issue. You no, know, I was never your book too. Yeah, I would never have wanted even to 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 to, to push the button on that. You know, Which one of us did? I think it was Tommy. Tommy. Was it? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Tommy. Closely abetted by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, I, st- we're standoffish. I, Don't ask about death. Don't ask. Yeah, about yeah. I think Tommy. Else. I think Tommy started or whatever. But it was it was a sort of a, it was a very good uh, uh, tagging team that went in that went to work. But he didn't shy away either because no. he, he'd obviously dealt with it a lot of a lot of times. Um, yeah, but so your he, book is full of like you, you, you might have a chapter about a Darren Sutherland or an Andy Lee, but you're you are dotting in all your experiences and anecdotes and all from your whole career and that's sort of that's yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and I, upon the command of your publishers put yourself in this book that's there was a bit of that i wasn't you know i was doing I, I thought i was doing this about boxers i was telling stories about boxers and their sorts but i think the um i i think the publishers had a sort of an interpretation in their mind that it might Add a bit, I don't know, clarity to the thing or background or credibility or whatever. I don't know exactly. The will to what turn the page, you know, give the reader, where's this guy going to end up next or who is he going to talk about? Oh, yeah. You know? or why, why did he. What why situation did he get, will he end up in now? Why, why did he get into it in the first place? But you know, the, the, the weird thing is, right? I, I mean, and I said, I'll tell this early in the book, just get it out of the way. I was in Piedmont Sanatorium as a child. And it was before, I was a child child. I mean, I wasn't able to read at the time. I went to school in Piedmont. They used to bring desks into one of the wards. And I was in, still in the bed, but some of the kids were allowed to sit in the desks. And uh, I didn't, re- well, I did sort of, I didn't realise it at the time, but I realised it sort of within a year or so that, in fact, I, when I was brought in there, I was dying. And and my uncles used to come up and the, the boys had been telling me about fights. Now, I don't know. I don't know if they saw the fights. They obviously never saw the fights because there was no TV. It was the early 50s. So you were looking at it on maybe newsreels or you would hear it on the radio, possibly, probably. Um, and so the boys would be telling me, Oh, this fight and that fight, and this one did this, and he threw this. I was there for months, you know. This one threw this fight, and blah blah blah. And so I had to wait until the following week. It was like a follower upper, uh, like a serial, and I'd be getting. So I'd be hanging in there to hear more, you know. And so it was Rocky Marciano and you know Joe Lewis and what have you. And so at around that time as well, my dad was helping as a coach, you know local club uh, oh, and it wasn't even a club it, well it was a club insofar as it was the schoolhouse and uh, the parish or the, not the parish priest he was a what do you call it a curate uh, had this thing see boxing obviously it was a thing going on in Ireland those days it was just before the Olympics the Melbourne Olympics 
So that auction was a bit of a thing. So they used to tear off the desks, hang a, bag, hang a few bags, and have all the kids in sort of a certain age box. And so I used to be brought over, and it was great a, a buzz, a real buzz, lots of energy, you know. Um, and the, the weird thing is, I actually sort of experienced the same thing years later when I went up. Katie, I'd, I'd, I'd met Katie Egan in. No, this was after Beijing. I'd met Kenny in New York, right? Kenny was overdoing business, right? And he was talking to people and there was possibility he was going to go pro and all that, right? And I, 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 I discovered anyway, he was going to be in New York. I was in New York, so I, I arranged to meet him. And I didn't fully appreciate at the time that, uh, that he was having his, his own personal problems. Yes. But he kept breaking uh, uh, arrangements. He said, not to hurry up, but then we, I managed to track him down. We, oh, I meet you at four o'clock, I meet you tomorrow at 11, whatever. And I'm like, fuck this, this is messy. But I sort of got the vibe that in fact, you know, how are you going to keep him down on the farm, you know, rock and roll. So, but I did eventually meet him when he was with, and Jerry Fleming was with him, right? So I had arranged I can't remember. I was back in Ireland and I thought, it, I can't remember what prompted the story, but I think Jerry was possibly trying to get a bit of attention on, on, a, on, a, on the club or funding or whatever yeah, it they, was. Yeah, they, they were in need of a new, a new club, I think. Yeah. So I said, I'd come up and do a story. And I went up to do the story. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. I said, look, I'll come up and do a story about, you know, you run in the club in the classroom, essentially. I said, but I can't hang it just on that. I need the celebrity aspect, or for want of a better word, of the Olympic silver medalist turning up. So he said, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Kenny, Kenny, he said, Kenny turns up from time to time. So that was all I needed. Kenny Kenny puts stuff back into the community. So anyway, we went up and sure enough, it was exactly as I'd experienced it in the 50s. Yeah. A couple of dedicated guys. After work, they come straight from work. They, they're, they're moving desks out of the way. They're setting up little rings. They're hanging bags. They're looking after the kids. And that level of dedication of amateur dedication, replicated in boxing clubs, every county in Ireland, hundreds of boxing clubs. Yeah. And that's what I used to, that's another thing, sorry, that I probably should have said at one stage, that really impressed me about, about Irish amateur boxing was yeah. that this level of commitment and dedication by, by people. And when you see it, you want to support it, don't you? You want to get behind yeah, it, attend yeah. or whatever, or even just... Use your small profile or yeah. use your microphone or precisely, you know, to, precisely. your platform to, to herald these and, people. And, yeah. and the odd thing for me was, in a weird way, was I had experienced that as a child, you know, as a small child. Yeah. And so, so uh, you know, I, th this just impressed me. And it wasn't, it wasn't nostalgia. It was actually sort of reality of, 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 People giving something back to the community, you know. Um, so I, 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 you know, that that impressed me hugely as well. Didn't your publishers? Uh, you were saying 
prior to coming on record your publishers kind of wanted like a structure and like these must all be world champions or champions I know no 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 to be fair it wasn't no no it wasn't so much no they, they didn't go with that I mean I think they just trust me to go with the stories mm. but the stories are, but I suppose the point I was going to make it. but the, the the stories are what are interesting it doesn't I find talking to boxers you can get as much interesting you can get as many interesting stories out of a guy who's had two fights as you can uh, oh, 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 30, oh, oh for sure but I but it's I, always a route into the, the life they lead and I, over, I overwrote this book I mean uh, I I wrote this book and I wrote three quarters again of yeah. this book, right? So we had to take... The sequel, uh, show business. We had to take... Two, two big, yes, we, uh, we had to take a big lump out of yeah. it, right? Or not a lump, lumps out of it, right? So we cut lumps out of it, or rather the editor cut lumps out of it. And I didn't object because, to be honest, we're doing a good job. Um, but a lot of good, a lot of stories and a lot of personalities and a lot of boxers wound up not making the cut. Uh, and in some cases, one or two cases, I'd argue, I'd say, oh, no, 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 why isn't that guy there? You know, and usually it was fellas. Yeah. Um, and the reason for, oh, actually, sorry, I had a great case, our, our, our Kelly Harrington uh, anecdote and story. And I'm not going to tell it now because I, I might recycle it at some point uh, in print. And it didn't make the cut because it just didn't fit. It didn't fit the narrative, the, yeah. the, the way the narrative fell. So that got cut. Um, stuff about John Duddy got cut. Uh, lots of, I mean, loads of fighters just didn't get over the line. Although I'm bloody wasted. Yeah, no, the I'm, old time I'm glad, you, I'm glad you've done it. Like, and you, you've written this book to just chart the recent history, the last 30 years of Irish boxing. And I've trying to be, I've been trying to do something similar with this podcast, like a bit of an oral history and speaking to boxers from, I think I've spoke, spoke to boxers as old as 80, 82, 83, uh, and as young as 1920, you know what I mean? So I try yes. to get the, the full experience and, and just and document it. And you've done it, you've done it brilliantly in this book as well. Like, I think it's a, and I, what, what I was going to say is it's interesting to read about the, the recent past and, and 10, 20, 30 years ago as well, because boxing at the minute is a complete ball ache. Do you not think so, Eamon? Like, with. Between amateur boxing and, and world boxing, there's so many, there's so many geopolitical off. angles. There's so many political angles. Like amateur boxing has just become absolutely farcical. It's shocking. Professional boxing has become farcical. And it's because both of them were there for the plucking, weren't they? They were there for it's the shocking. taking for yeah. bad actors. But lots of them, all you needed was money, really, to take over both of them. So like the Russians have taken over amateur boxing. The Saudis and the gangsters have taken over professional boxing. Or they, or they had, yeah. and no, it's, it's not really been, it's not really been a net positive. I don't think. No, so it's, it's truly shocking. I mean, imagine the possibility that you wouldn't have amateur boxing in the Olympics. I mean, like, I don't know. It just I, the whole thing is just chaotic, um, and and it's it, it just it seems to spoil everything and ruin everything. And it's almost like you're almost looking at it. It's, it's, it's almost like climate change. You know, yeah. you know, you're thinking it's happening. Can we stop it? And yet it seems to be still getting worse. So I, I, I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, maybe the answer is just for the, good the, men and women to, yeah, to The political to the sports story is always interesting. You know, you can't talk about football. I, Football it can't, is political, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, been yeah. used by politicians yeah. and, and people yeah. for, for generations. And, you know, you're never going to avoid that. You're never going to escape. But I do suspect that boxing fans just want the sport to be 
run professionally and see the fights. So and if there is a political angle or if there's a life angle, grand, we can take it. But I think uh, amateur boxing has gone a little bit off the register here and professional boxing is just, it's a ruin at the minute. It has yeah, been for a long, has yeah, been for a long time. Yeah, 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 like yeah. You're writing about the golden age of Irish boxing here. Like, What would you consider to be, are you talking about this time period from when the book starts about 92 to Well, yeah, I just think, history? well, I mean, look at yes. <laughs> From roughly around the time that, that, that that's Steve Collins, and so you're looking at for me mid nineties. Now you could sort of say Barry McWigan, eighties, yeah. um, but and you could obviously include that as well. That would you know that would probably be the start of it in one sense. I should have probably made a bigger effort and tried to try to maybe start it with Barry, but but my own personal involvement really yeah. was more. Collins. So, so from there, right through, and everything was looking brilliant, and for Irish boxing, and there were five or six world champions, and European champions, uh, international champions, and and then we hit the wall, right, and. The, 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 basically, the train came off the tracks. Crashed that thing. And, and there, yeah. so Katie survived because she was able to, you know, hook up abroad and, and, yeah. and do her work abroad. Um, but there was a whole, for one of a carriage load of boxers that looked as if they were destined for, 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 for bigger and better things. And they were totally derailed. And, and down here, all the fights just disappeared uh, yeah like there was the so, there was the great era of of RTE boxing I suppose that was yeah, you know John yeah. Duddy Andy Lee was coming up and then Macklin fought on it but Bernard Dunn was the spearhead those nights yeah and then it, it, after Dunn retired everything fell off again TV disappeared yeah yeah you have a chapter here on Big Bang you know what a like what a story he was at but that's that just an astonishing he story he brought it back up a little bit didn't he it's like, an, astonishing, it's an astonishing story in itself yeah um and kudos to Phil uh, Sutcliffe as yeah. well for sort of realising that actually, hang on, this guy can do something. I loved uh, Willie Casey's story. Like he came from came from South Hill from a traveller family. Limerick was getting an awful lot of bad press at the time. Obviously, the, the gangster element was, was going widespread at the yeah. time. You know, yeah. there was people getting killed, innocent people getting killed in the street. And Willie came from a from a rough, tough area, and he put a smile back on everyone's faces down there. And he was what Irish boxing needed at the time as well. Eleven brothers and sisters younger than yeah. And eleven brothers and sisters. Eleven brothers and sisters older than him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. And yeah. uh, he was It was a pity he was overmatched against Riggan. I understand why they took the shot, but that really they were just trying to float the balloon up again and then up. <laughs> and yeah, that was I mean look you know, that was we're not experts, you know, not experts, but that was never going to happen, you know. Yeah. But then again, boxing, one punch, etc. you know. Yeah. The only thing is Rick and Thomas, the boy, throw the one punch. Around, around the same era, around the same time, you've got like Martin Rogan, his point out of Belfast. Did you enjoy his, did you enjoy I his? I loved uh, Rogie. I mean, I, I only stumbled on Rogie, you know. And again, look, at this is the yarn in the book. I I was in London, right? And um, Ocean Fagan was fighting. And uh, can oh, can right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I went to the weigh-in, right? And and I sat at the weigh-in, and the next thing is I see that Rogi is there, and he's screwing up against Harrison. And uh, oh fuck, just when I think of it now, so he he was he didn't have a hope in hell, 
essentially, right? So, so anyway, I, 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 I was chatting away to him, you know, and he was saying, oh, I have him, I have him. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, yeah, you have, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, you have, yeah. Yes. Oh, no, he's afraid of me, yeah? I was saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can understand that now, he's afraid of him. He's oh, an yeah. guy, Martin. Like oh, yeah, he is, yeah. But he, 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 what was he, six inches shorter than him or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so, so. Uh, but Eamon McGee, Eamon McGee was there registered, registered rock as well, you see. So, what did you uh, anyway? Went, went, back, went to the fight the following night and uh, went up to the dressing room. And the, the, it, was a big, it was like an office, right? It was an empty office with all the everything gone out of it, right? And the two lads were, tra- were both in the talking out there. It was Rogi in one side and Oshin in the other. So I went up to say hello to Oshin. And uh, anyway, Rogi's getting ready, you see. And then we have, we march down and he comes out in the Antrim hurling jersey. Yeah. And I'm sitting at Rogi's side and I'm surrounded by all the sort of London boys. And these are lads that we wouldn't, that I didn't know any of them, right? And, and the boy are going, Excuse me, mate, what's, what's that he's wearing? <laughs> and I'm trying to tell him it's the GA hurling jersey. And I go, what? <laughs> and it's all that. And then uh, on the back of the on the back of the shirt, it's, uh, on the back of him, he shirt was on, on Shame Shore or something, you know? And I go, well, what's this? And I said, oh, it's uh, it's, it's Irish. It's, it's Gaelic here. Means the entertainer. <laughs> the what? <laughs> anyway. The whole thing was it was farcical. And of course, Harrison comes in, he's got great livery, you know, brilliant, you know, golden black, you know, all, all the top range gear, you see. And so they're all ready to rock. And to be fair, he's a huge big old jab on him, right? And he's keeping Rogan away from him. But Rogan's just kind of borrowing into him. And every time we go back over, John Breed is at the corner, McGee is roaring at him. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's almost like Farcical in one sense. But the next thing is, he starts to turn the fight. And Harrison suddenly maybe doesn't seem to want it as much. And Rogie wants it. And the boys are beginning to look at me as if, say, oh, maybe I knew something. You know, I didn't know anything. The crowd, the English crowd, started getting behind him because they didn't like Harrison. And they just thought that he was fucking windy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of and he he won the fight. What it says? It was a cracking fight. It was a cracking fight. It was all action, all action. And poor old Oshie Fagan broke his leg. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Gee, and he broke uh, his leg on him as he went down. Yeah, I I would talk to Mickey Van, the ref about it later, and, and he didn't oh, yeah. know that. Yeah, he didn't even. He wasn't no, even aware. Of no, that. he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he I didn't complain about it. He no, just, no, I was, didn't realize it either. Until, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but anyway, God love him. Yeah, some good, some, some oh good. yeah, no, no, he was around. Oh, look, it's Oshie Bacon. It's a, it's a story in himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Another man trying to bring out a book as well. So maybe you can. Uh, yeah, well, he should do actually. Actually, there written, you go. He's yeah, written. Yeah, oh, so. brilliant. Yeah, no, he should do. Um, but. Yeah, no, he, he was a really courageous uh, fighter. And it's, it's, from, stories from America and everything. From, uh, from Rogan, you go and you have a chapter about Tyson Fury. Because, of course, when Fury began his career, he came into our backyard. Yeah. Said he was one of us. 
And then yeah. he fecked off again. God save the Queen. Ah, yeah, well. <laughs> you know, I, I was over covering the, uh, the Klitschko fight and all. I did a lot of his fights back then. He was good company, Fury. And he was great. Quote machine. Quote machine. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. You could totally. sometimes see the, the surly, the petulant, the kid in him. Like, uh, he, he came out, he was wearing an, uh, an Antrim jersey for the publicity shots when he, when he fought Nikolai Ferta. Oh, no, not Nick. Not Nikolai Ferta. His granny was from Nuts Corner. <laughs> yeah. No, one of the boys he fought anyway up in Belfast um, wearing his Antrim jersey, you know, appealing to the crowd. Oh, yeah. So it was a Saturday night, but we're, our copy was for Monday morning, you know. As yeah, 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 yeah. So, but the All-Ireland final was the following day. So oh, one right. of the boys asked him, oh, who do you think is going to win? What do you, what do you think of the final tomorrow? Because he's wearing the Antrim yeah, yeah, jersey. Yeah, 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 and he goes, uh, who, oh, Kieran's the best man for remembering all the quotes, but he could say like, whoever's playing, I wish him well. I think they'll win. And we're all just looking at it completely <laughs> bemused. What? Brilliant. How did you I try to go well? How whoever you, it is, yeah, wherever you, they're playing. Whatever. Uh, how, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how'd you get out of that? <laughs> <laughs> like, Donald Trump, what's your favorite Bible passage? Yeah, well, that's I, personal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think, uh, but I actually thought the funny thing about Fury, I don't, I don't want to have a visitation, but he, the, the, uh, his uncle, he was a man. I mean, his uncle was a man. Not Huey, no. Um, oh, Peter. Peter. He sorted it all out, didn't he? We saw it. We saw the beginning of that friendship. I think Unbelievable. a couple of Fury's early fights he fought in Ireland, he was ragtag, wasn't yeah. he? He was all over the shop. Yeah. But then when Peter yeah. came in, it was like, this guy exuded this and, calm oh. exterior. Had Tyson Fury perform well. Didn't know at the time he'd been, you know, jailed for many years for being a massive drug trafficker. So. I, I, yeah. Yeah. You know, he commanded yeah. that sort of respect. Yeah, totally. We didn't know that then. Totally. I was just going. He had the gra- he had the he had the gravitas, hadn't he? Absolutely. And, and, uh, and he treated everyone who asked a question, sir, you're a gentleman. And he was great to deal with, actually. I thought personally. it was fantastic. I phoned him up one time, Peter, this is Kevin Byrne, Irish son. Can I speak to you? Can I speak to Tyson? I'll get him. And uh, he just walked in, Tyson. Newspaper on the phone. Yeah. Tyson came on and did did everything he was yeah, supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, no, no. It was with the father, I think, when the father got released from yeah, prison, free, back free Klitschko. Yeah, Tyson became a gobshite basically, yeah. the, or the inner gobshite came out. Yeah, and then John has yeah. been parading around. Yeah. the two of them. Yeah, the absolute state of boxing with them yeah. two. You know, at the yeah. top and I'd really love to see Peter actually sort of back in the. You know, in the upper echelons again. Speaking of omissions and books, we're not really, but like Fury brought out, I think he's about six autobiographies out at the minute. At least. Yeah. yeah. And his wife has a few, and his dad's bringing one out now as well. I can't be breaking. It's a joke. But it's in Tyson's book, he never speaks about like leaving Hennessy, who he'd said no. he'll never leave. Yeah. He never speaks about the. I don't, yeah. No, no, I find all that. Peter Fury. Nah, I don't he never I, really speaks about linking up with. Yeah, I, I thought, And effectively, he did his. his Road to Damascus and his return to and you know to to Daniel Kinnahan fold and yeah kind of empowered all that and, and everybody followed like yes. Fury was like the Pied Pied Piper and suddenly this was the biggest yeah managerial yeah. promotional yeah. outfit yeah. in, in yeah. the world yeah know, so. yeah no my I I you know I'd been a fan of Peter Peter Fury so that's really where. You know, in, in, the, in the Fury chapter, I think in a way that's almost where my focus is in a way because yeah. I thought he did a remarkable six fights, remarkable job. Yeah, and and man, he and said he was going to have him as a world champion, and you're looking at him and going, ah, here, pull the other one. You we know, see, we, we saw we saw the two Tysons here when he was fighting, so we saw like the crazy entertainer. If you knock him down, yeah, yeah, he's gonna like knocking him down was a terrible idea because he comes out like a war machine. Oh yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, it in yeah, a few yeah, of his fights. Yeah. 
for the uh, Padge kick as well. They both knocked him down. To be fair, he, fair he could survive. Oh, when he got hurt, he was, yeah, yeah. he was brilliant entertainment. And then we saw, I think it was in the Kevin Johnson fight in a bit, Peter was in the corner and he boxed southpaw. Yeah, and you're starting right. to see, wow, this guy's got yeah. way more strings to his bow. Yes. And that's yeah. what won him the world title. And that's, yeah. right now, he's kind of a bit of a blend of both. Yeah. We're never going to see him in a, more, in a meaningful way. No, 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 no. You won't. Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's going to fight Splinter from the Turtles next and, you know. Yeah. Well, no, he's fighting Francis and Ghana, but he's got—he's just going to take on comic book characters from now on. That's, all, that's essentially all it is. Yeah, absolute waste. But it's a, well, it's a little—it's a money-making thing now, I suppose. You know, but but I, those, you know, his his road to a world title. I'll fight in Klitschko, you know, yeah. at stage, right? All right, he probably did get him at the right time and all that sort of stuff. But nonetheless, he posed a problem. See, there's a there's a, something to be solved in a fight. And you've got this chess situation where you've got these two guys coming out and they're trying to read each other and they're trying to hit each other. And and, and it's just business of surviving and the right tactics and strength and fitness and mental resilience and everything. It's just, it's an astonishing uh, proposal, isn't it? The idea that you get two, two of the best in the world trying to sort of square up to each other and figure out who actually gets the, 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 the laurels at the end of it. Um, did you ever, uh, in anything you wrote over the years, I mean, did you ever get yourself banned by any boxers or have any catchy ones? You don't have to name names or anything like that, but did you ever get yourself in situations? Because, so, you know, because sometimes boxers can take things no, very personally and anything that isn't full praise is no praise at all. Yeah, no, I don't actually think I did, to be honest. Um yeah, and I'm never there to sort of. You never. I I wouldn't have ever thought I was there, you'd be there to, to be praising a boxer either. You know, right. you're there to ask questions. You know, um, um, and sometimes you ask you ask the questions that make them feel uncomfortable. Mm. But by and large, they sort of. No, I upset musicians more in asking them questions than I would have. Uh, asking fighters questions. That's the thing. I always found fighters, you know, put a straight question to them. They'll, they'll, they'll answer. Because it's only a question. It's not a box in the mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, they, and by and large, they don't take, I don't think they take offence. Um, they, they might just think you're an idiot. I just roll with it, you know? Yeah, that, that's uh, my whole career, I think. But, <laughs> uh, but, but, but no musicians, on the other hand, uh, and I'm talking about international musicians, you know, you can ask them. Expect you to kind of worship at the altar of... of yeah, your, or else just to... I don't know what it is. But, you know, if you're if you're smart enough, you'll actually sort of know the Achilles heel, you know? Um, not, that you, not that you're there to actually just to annoy them either, you know? But sometimes it's a bit of fun just to throw it in for the crack, you know? Absolutely. Actually, I know, just on a different level, I mean, I, I always like to do that just... Well, sorry, not all. It's but occasionally I would like to do that just to sort of throw in a hand grenade or no not even a hand grenade a squib just yeah. for, just for fun you think, but, think but, of the news line you know but I turned up till you like. I turned up at uh, Sex Pistols years ago and they were reforming for something I can't remember what it was in London and they had a press conference in the uh, in the 100 club anyway I don't know I, I was there anyway, whatever and uh, yeah, the place was packed. There was all international journalists and London journalists and everybody was, everybody was you know, uh, giving them high praise and all this. You see, so I was lurking a bit at the back. Now, 
I say this advisor because I would have sort of drank with Johnny Lydon back in the day and all that sort of carry on. So I was down at the back, back but it's a hundred club is a small venue, you know. But I was sort of down behind the lads who were standing on chairs. So I had a little shout up and I said, so, so Johnny, Johnny, will you be performing Roxette? <laughs> Which of course is the police song. <laughs> And uh, oh, it was great. I mean, the boys were everyone got the reference, you know. And I was like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah. But Johnny was just like, he'd love it, you know. Yeah. But uh, just for Timberman, you throw it in. But sometimes you throw it in. Other, other bands that might take. I'm just wondering, as the inference, like, did he have a proclivity for ladies of the night or anything at the time? No, 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 no. It was just like, sorry. In other words, you're interchangeable with Sting, you know, with your bloody blonde hair, and you know what I mean. And, and, you're, and you're doing a comeback, and you know what I mean. The tantra, Johnny. Tell yeah. us about the tantra. Yeah, exactly. That'd be more like it. How's the tantric sex go? But uh, so now you can throw in, you can throw in squibby yolks just to just to to get fellas goat up. But 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 musicians tend to be much more yeah. thin skinned. There you go. Uh, I I find I I actually I think boxers are never never actually had and even even the even the even the managers they understand that part of the business as well. You know I mean. Do you know what Hearn does now? So we were at the um, compressor for the last Katie yeah. Taylor versus Chantel Cameron fight. You were in that room. Yeah, so I was. was yeah. So I did my research before. I was like, I haven't met Katie Taylor face to face for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I'll come armed with a few questions. Oh, sorry, I didn't go into the Katie presser. You were in the Chantel one. I went into Chantel. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I thought the same it. thing happened to both of them. Yeah. So I went in armed, I had a few questions, and I looked up Katie's entire amateur record. I think they said, Katie, you fought nine British opponents. Uh, no, you fought nine times against British opponents in your amateur and professional yeah. career. This is number 10. Uh, asking her about motivations and stuff. And got, just getting good little bits here and there and not blow me own trunk. But you do a bit of work before yeah, you, yeah, you ask yeah, a few oh, questions. Yeah, yeah, and you got a few yeah. lines and yeah. stuff like that. Did the same as Chantel. And then they go out to the press conference, which is run now exclusively by Eddie Hearn at the top table. And what, do you, what does he do? He just repeats, recycles everything that's been said in the back room. Everything oh, interesting yes. that the fighter said to us yes. and for the newspapers, which for, you know, yes. for the following day. Yes. And, and he just goes up on the top table, which has been recorded by everybody for YouTube. He did. And recycled every little bit of insight we got from he, Taylor and Cameron. He did. And just it out. And you're kind of going, why would you fucking bother? Yeah. Why? Yeah. A lot of, I find that a lot of that, you know, <laughs> press conferences were always a problem for me, not just in boxing, but, you know, in, in football or in anything, because uh, if I was doing it for the Herald um, and you threw in a really good question that would get you a good answer, I mean, that's really all you want is a, is a good answer or whatever, or something that, you know, might have a good angle on it, give you a you do that and it's gone. The next day it's in another paper, yeah. you know, um, and... And, and that happened to me quite a bit. In fact, years ago, uh, so I, I said, at those sort of press conferences, then I stopped answer, asking questions yeah. because, you know, why would you? If you were on a one-to-one, -one, it was great. But I remember, I thought this is boring now for people listening to the podcast, but there was a bunch of us sitting around talking to David Bowie one day uh, in a thing that was arranged and uh, down in the, in the Clarence. So anyway, uh, like, where do you start with Bowie, you know? And there was an album out. He had a new album out, right? And uh, 
But ours, ours was the name of the album. It's a really good record. At the time, it, it, it didn't seem to be as good, but it, it grew on me. And we, I think it's really good. But anyway, it turned out that um, so everybody was asking the questions. And it was, David, what about the velvet gold mine? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, David, what about such and such? And, David, what about this? So people were jumping around, yeah. you know, all over the place. So, uh, so I asked him something about... Uh, the Di, Di Brucker, German expressions, artists, right? <laughs> and because this sounds really niche, but I was doing it for a purpose because I knew it was going to open a, a, a very rich vein of conversation. And uh, he, he, David had been uh, uh, on the editorial board of a, of a quarterly magazine called Modern Painters in Britain. And I was aware of his art uh, uh, interest and so on. And so he went, oh, and he, he had modeled a couple of, you know, the Iggy Pop album, which like this. And also the, uh, what was the, uh, 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 his own album, uh, what the fucking app called, um, Heroes, the Heroes album, okay. the pose on that. Those, those, Graphic poses were actually modelled on German expressionist artists' works, and uh, so I was aware of that. And so I threw that squib in. You see, so anyway, so that sort of the other lads were looking and saying, "What the fuck is he talking about? Is it the Venga boys? You know, or whatever? You know?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, we went around the questions, went around again. So next time I came around, I said, "Look, if this is a." Uh, what would you call it? This new album. If 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 Heroes was sort of influenced by German Expressionism or whatever, uh, what painterly influence would influence would you would you draw from the new record? Hello. Yeah. So you sort of mm, David loves you. David loves Yellow Spoof. He says, look at him. He says, Augustus John. See, he looked at you and he said that. He, you could tell. I mean, he's, he's, he's a human being like the rest of us, you know. You, you look at it. And I'm going, oh, yeah. Like, whichever fuck off, you see. So I didn't say that, but I go. And he goes, no, no, hold on one second. You know? So he knew that. Because John wasn't going to cut it. So, although, funnily enough, actually, I saw, <laughs> I, afterwards, when I really listened to the record, I got it. But he said, Jack Yates. Right? right, so I go. Ah, oh, you're such a pro. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like here Hello, we are. Here Dublin. we are. Hello, Dublin. <laughs> so anyway, but then you see, he says, he said, uh, and everybody was ripping around the table. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he says, Amos come up with the goods again. Here. No, but he said, we said, no, no. He says, no, you might think. No, he said, I have a painting, a Jackie Yates painting at home in my study. Right. So now we're sucking diesel. <laughs> And it even got better, he said. Yes, it's hanging on the wall of my study. And in fact, I wrote three or four of the songs for this album in that study under this painting. Mm. You see? And I go, yeah, fucking sweet boy. I like yeah. this. And he said. The Irish Olympic gold medalist who it's, inspired David Bowie. Yeah. It's of two <laughs> tramps on a hillside at night. And he said, and he said, it's meant to have been the picture, he said, anecdotally, I'm told it's the painting that inspired Samuel Beckett to write Waiting for Godot. 
right? So I'm going, oh, fuck, all my birdies have come at once. This is, <laughs> right? I can, I, I. What about velvet gold mine, Bowie? Yeah, I asked you this question. Yeah, I know all the other lads are asking about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going, this is great. I can write a fucking feature, but I can write a, a news, a magazine article about this. And so anyway, we had a little bit of that was it. Right, moving on. Somebody goes, right, what about Lou Reed or whatever? Somebody else. Off we go again. But of course, next fucking day, front page, Irish Times. And I go, uh, no honour among thieves. By and large, if you do that in the football circles, yeah, you know, you say, right, I'm sticking with your, my question, you're sticking with your question, you know, whatever. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Is there a bit of a, can you embark with this little yarn? I don't want to, you know. Um, so, yeah, so somebody just jumped in and fucking ran the front page. I said, you fuck. But anyway. Um, There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. But like, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and it happened me with, it happened me with uh, Archer. What do you call your man? The, the novelist, the English novelist. And it's like, what? It's a funny one. I, like, I don't think the public should be allowed into press conferences. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. where we do our yeah. work, right? Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. I understand that it's the norm. And to tell the listeners now, I don't think that you should be in our space of work. It's not going to be accepted. And it's, they are in our place of work now. It's the YouTube generation. They're watching, they're watching the press conference. They yeah. expect to watch it almost as a TV show to be entertained. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't like them either. I don't like going to them. Um, no, no, but there's there, there a good opportunity to meet up for people. At, yeah, at, oh, no, no, it's purely at a social level. Measure the temperature or whatever. And you, you can get a few yarns out of it, but definitely there. And also, it's interesting quite. to watch. It's interesting to watch people yeah. as well. Um, if ever you're talking to a small promotion, you're like, oh, we're thinking about doing a press conference. If ever I'm talking to them, I say, listen, do an open media training, do an open workout, do an open workout. Yeah, you can do it. Go along with the same you you can also do yeah. something. Actually, I remember I went out to a, a Trapatoni press conference once at Malahide, and I was sort of observing it more than anything, you know. But there was something going on that I thought, uh, something that I wasn't sure what, what was happening, you know. But I thought, so I actually waited until more or less the end, and just as he was getting up to leave, <laughs> I said, uh, excuse me. <laughs> And I had phrased uh, a question in Italian, right? And uh, uh, I wouldn't be a fleur shock with the uh, Italian. But anyway, I managed to sort of duolingo or something and get it together. But essentially, I, I asked him. Uh, he stopped and he looked. He said, sorry, yes. I said, could you just add your thing? <laughs> and I said, are you a happy man? They had a fucking yeah. press conference. Here we go. And that was before the Italian game. Remember the famous Italian game here in Dublin? In Crow Park. And it was about three days before it, or four days before it. And he stopped and he looked. You ask me, am I a happy man? I sleep at night. I go to sleep in the night. And I wake up and I get up. And he went on. I give me a big answer, right? But all the lads are sort of like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, yeah. Right? So anyway... It was all right, but it wasn't riveting. But it was interesting that he came back and sat down to address it. And he addressed it. So anyway, after the match, do you remember when we got the famous goal and we went, the Italians were livid. And we were down in the dressing room, down in the, it was the, the GAA HQ, so we were down in the big press conference room. And Lippy comes in and he marks through his way through a fucking press conference. So the Italians are there and then he fucks up. 
that Trump comes in, you see, and the Italian press are still there, you see. So everyone's, so they're asking questions. Italian, he's actually Italian. And Manuel, Manuel, or whatever name is, was answering there, uh, translating and so on. Then it was Irish questions. He was answering the Irish questions. And then that was it. It was over. Everybody left. So uh, the interpreter stayed behind. And she was, somebody, I forget who it was, was asking her something about what did he say in response to that question in Italian, you know. So she was talking to this guy from the Irish Times, I think it was, and I went over just to, curious, just to see what was being said. And she's looking at me, she says, by the way, he wants to know why you asked that question. But I hadn't asked any question. So I thought, yeah. what are you talking about? You must be confusing me with the other yeah, no, 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 I, So I said, sorry. She said, the question, he wants to know why you ask. I said, well, I didn't ask her. She said, oh, no, you asked. And then she's looking past me. And I turn around. And Trump Tony had come back into the room. This was after the Italian match. Yeah. He'd done his press conference. He left. He'd come back into the room. And he stood behind me. And she said, I turned around. I said, oh, Siobhan. I said, And he said, why do you want to know? I said, what? Because I kept thinking it was after the match, you know, and I didn't open my mouth. And he said, why am I a nappy man? Why am I a nappy man? And of course, I didn't want to say, I was just fucking chancing my arm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I said, I said, no, I said, there was something. Uh, it's just some vibe. I don't know. You know, and she was trying to translate me, say, he thinks there was a vibe. And uh, he said, no, it's, it's okay. And he started giving me another answer. And I said, right. I said, I didn't mean to. Like, did you have your tape recorder on? No. <laughs> I said, I didn't mean to destroy me. But did I sorry? Did I upset? You know, did I didn't mean to fuck your head up? And uh, he, he, we had it was a good vibe. It was nothing wrong. He was smiling. And I said, by the way, congratulations, brilliant. I was so blah, 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 you know. And uh, he went, yeah, okay. And then he left. He said, thank you, thank you. And then he left. And it was Emmett, I think, from the Irish Times. And Emmett was going, what, what was that about? Giovanni Trapattoni. And I said, he came back in. I said, I was really freaked at this stage. But in actual fact, by me asking him that question at that time, he thought that I knew something. Right? Yeah. And... Uh, I, but I didn't. But I sensed, and this is the weird thing, I, thought, I sensed something. And I sort of made discreet inquiries then. Um, and but I, I actually sort of got, just by, just by going up, taking a flyer, I got to something sort of quite deep, and I don't know absolutely certain what it was. And I tried to get the... Uh, I had the Herald actually send me out because I, I would have gone out and sat with him. In, I know Milan, so I would have gone out and sat with him and chatted. And I think I would have got a really good interview with him because we actually got on very well. I met him a couple of times when he arrived over at first. And, and 
I had a bit of a rapport with him for some reason. I think he probably thought, Jesus, there's an old geezer, you know, my own age. Yeah. And uh, probably he's a snappy dresser, wasn't he? You, you, you he was a snappy dresser. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Track. I did. I always tried to, yeah, I always yeah. sort of, uh, yeah, I always sort of wore a suit for those yeah, occasions. You wanted to look swanky. For different, you know. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so it was a vibe. But I would fucking, yeah, at the time, the Herald wouldn't countenance it. So, yeah. But uh, I think it was a family matter. Um, okay. Uh, but sometimes it, Left field or curveball questions can often just open up a whole area yeah. of there are loads of weird sort of strange techniques like that. We've talked about like peaks and troughs and stuff like that. And I remember covering Irish boxing. It seemed in 2014 like it was like couldn't get any better. Like I think Andy Lee was second Irish fighter to win a world title that year because Carl Frampton had won one as well. Yeah, yeah. So Frampton was first, then Andy Lee was then next, and did um. I wasn't sure, and this is a strange thing. I don't know how you felt about it at the time, but Frampton, when Frampton beat Kiko for the world title, mm. uh, I wasn't sure that Andy Lee was going to actually sort of, I didn't think, not that I didn't think he had the ability, I actually thought he had the ability to win the title, but I didn't think he was going to be allowed get the chance. I didn't think the chance was going to come for him um, and I actually I was uh, this is just my personal uh, just a you know it was my sense at the time I thought uh, I think I, I I often really wondered how Andy felt that night when Frampton won the world title and I was talking to Andy at ringside afterwards oh, yeah, yeah. and he went down to the dressing room and I just thought I wonder, does he think that he'd ever get the chance to win a world title? Uh, or, or, or number one, will he actually be in a position to win a world title? And the way it came about was really curious as well. So, uh, anyway, I wasn't sure. Did you, th- did you think he was... I always still? had a bit of faith in him. Yeah, I did. But then again... It wasn't so much in him. No, I thought that he could do it. Yeah. Oh, no, I actually well, thought I he had could. a lot of faith in him, but at I the thought same he could time, do it. But I had more faith in him when he really started to knock people out, you know. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a bit late in his career as well. He'd done it early in his career, but against the more journeyman level yes. fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of moved yeah. up and he, and he dropped hammer a few times. But at the same time, I think, was it only that year he'd Jackson, really... But Jackson knockout was just... Yeah, staggering. Un- I talked to him on the phone about an hour afterwards. He was just after cleaning up... I'd done an interview with him, I think, on the Friday. Right. And was talking to him, I was saying, uh, Andy, now you know that your last performance in Madison Square Garden, do you, know, do you remember what it was? And he's like, uh, off the top of my head, no. I was like, it was Carl Daniels, you knocked him out with a right hook. And blah. I was just telling him, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. do you think you're going to have any special vibe going back to the garden? I knew what the story I was looking for, Andy Lee going back sure, off of to Mecca. Last time he was there, he knocked the guy out. Tonight he knows he needs to do the same. Yeah, and yeah, that's the way the right. story wrote. You know, yeah, yeah, went. yeah, yeah. I knew what I was doing before even the call was made. So, he talked about it and talked about the, the hook he threw and how he was celebrating. He knew he'd, he'd won the fight as Carl Daniels was still standing. And yeah. So then when I talked to him after the fight against Jackson, he's like, you called it exactly. You know, was, you know, I was quite buzzing from him. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was one of the great nights following it. It's a pity so many of the great nights happened abroad when we weren't at them, isn't it? Like, Absolutely. I mean, had we been hacks 30 Absolutely. years ago and yeah, this kind of generation, sure, we would have sure. been over at them. For you know? sure, for and sure. When Andy Lee won the fight against Karabov in uh, December 2014, I don't think there was an Irish journalist in the house in Vegas that night. I don't think there was anybody there. Nobody. 
I think you're probably right. No, I know there wasn't. You know, I think and that's right. and that's yeah. no disrespect to Andy Lee because that would have been the same for anybody. I think there was a. I think among the Irish sports media, there was once he'd lost to Chavez, there was a drop off in interest. A few was kept it going. You know, the old reliables like ourselves, like what. Still had a bit of belief in him, but and he, and he came back and he did win his world title. No, I had belief in him, but then of course, don't forget, he was out of the cronk scenario, mm. um, and and I just wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure what the pathway was. Yeah. That was that was yeah. what it was. It was it was it wasn't in him. Certainly wasn't in him. I just thought, is this guy going? To, I just felt in my book, this guy is likely to be denied a pathway to yeah. a world title. Now, as it happened. He opened that, that pathway. Um, Could you believe? So, like this. So, by Christmas 2014, you've got Lee is riding high WBO yeah, champion. Yeah. is riding high. Won his first yeah. world title. We'll go on to win more. You know, we we'll win. I think it's, was it on? It was two years later, wasn't it? But he went on to beat Quig and he went on to beat yeah, Santa yeah. Cruz yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, this, this period of success. Could you believe? Could you have believed? What was to come? No. Like the, the split, the, McG- the split with McGuigan, just no. as McGuigan had split with Eastwood, the poisoning no. of Irish boxing no. by outside influences, and, yeah. and and the way they banned the media, the southern media. That was that was and disgusting. The way some of the northern media continued to happily cover the fights yeah. and. Uh, yeah. Not really back anyone. Yeah. Just basically, we were cut off in the south. And I remember for some of the Frampton fights, the UK media gleefully coming over to cover them in Belfast. Yeah, yeah. Southern media, yeah. the Irish media were banned for fair yeah. news and all yes, that. Yeah, yeah. And that that did poison it for a lot of people. I know a lot of people who used to cover boxing back then that don't anymore. Yeah, I was slightly sickened at the time. I mean, I, I, there was one particular boxer who, who you know. I had actually sort of, no, it was my job, so therefore you know, I don't deserve any special kudos. But we always, we always sort of make it went the extra yard, I think, to help. Well, I think up and coming our Irish because our papers wouldn't count, and so I don't Belfast to cover Carl Frampton. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. And but we we used to make the arguments to our like this is mightn't be podcast fair, yeah. but maybe people are interested. But we used to get in rows with our bosses. I want to go cover the, Fra- the Frampton press conference and fight. And most of us in the South were being told by our bosses, yeah, yeah. we don't care. Like, yeah, yeah. who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Talk to us when he's a world champion. Or we knew, we said, this guy's going to, this guy's going to be the next big deal. Yeah. I used to spend my own money on hotels. Yes, of pet, course. You know, pet yeah. money. Cost yeah. me money to yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But same, I, same and a lot of rails and, and geez, the amount of times I put my head same on the block here. at work. You heard, you heard the argument I was having with my, one of my editors once about I interviewed Shane McBrigan. I think you were, I think we should were sitting behind me and when it was finished. And you said to me, did I hear right? I think it was you. And I said, uh, what, did, what do you think you heard? Yeah, we were trying to convince your editor of why it was a good idea to interview Carol Frampton or um, Shane McGuigan, uh, you know, a tra- yeah. the youngest trainer to train two world champions. And I said, yeah. And I think you said, but I realise, you know, that online, that's a, Ten times bigger interview than an interview with a temporary hurler. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, um, but th- that was the sort of stuff that we were literally up against. Actually, oddly enough, on that, the reason I wound up writing, I went down to Collins, right, down in, in uh, uh, Cork, and I came back up, and uh, it was it was a long weekend. So I was with a couple of lads who were absolutely on the tear, right? I wasn't, I wasn't covering it. I'd organised a, a, a ringside 
that ticket because I'd been over with Matchroom and I'd done the interviews and all that, you know. So, but I wasn't covering it for the Herald. I was a feature writer. I wasn't a sports writer. Hmm. So I got back on the bank holiday Monday night or Sunday night, Sunday night, I think, or something, whatever night I got back. I can't remember, but we went AWOL anyway. And I wound up in some pub somewhere halfway up the country watching the Liverpool match or something, and it was pints. It was a designated driver, of course. Anyway, when I got back around one o'clock in the morning, and I difficulty finding the uh, the keyhole with the key, right, getting in. So I came in. There were messages everywhere on the phone, in the hall, on the door, on the daily, sort of Harold, urgent, urgent, urgent. You see. So anyway. I listened to the voicemail. I read the messages. The Herald hadn't got a journalist at Steve Collins' world title fight in Mill Street. Right. Seriously. Not just a sports journalist, but a feature writer or a columnist or anybody. Nobody can off. And Steve Collins from Dublin. Well, that seems extraordinary now. It would be normal. It seems extraordinary now to hear about it. That yeah. fight took place in 1995. Yeah. Extraordinary. Like, I mean, the, the boys, like, I mean, in 1992 for Collins against Reggie Johnson, like, Jerry Callum was over there for the yeah. star. Yeah. I think Martin Brownie was there for the Indo. Yeah, yeah. Paul Howard was there for the Sunday Tribune. Um, and a, I mean, maybe he wasn't. I think, I think he was, though. And a, probably a few others as well. Maybe George Kimball down. But now you could have an Irish fighter in the world title. Yeah. Yeah. In England. Yeah. And nobody would be sent no, to cover no. it. Katie Taylor is the exception. Oh, well, hacks have been sent abroad to cover hers, but I just think her pro be? career has been it's, it's fabulously successful. I have to, you know, have to slam home the point. Just incredibly successful, undisputed world lightweight champion, has won a world title the second way as well. Game changer for women's boxing all, but it's just not been the game changer for Irish boxing no. that I hope to win. No, no. Every no. fight abroad until they bring her home. Outmatch her against a bigger girl and she loses. And they pop the balloon. Like they, they mismanaged it completely. And uh, that's, that's, our, that's yeah. our latest experience. That's a tragic one. Another, 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 <laughs> another tragedy for, for the people who have been beating the gong all these years, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. The, 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 you know, that was, that was, that was the most, most curious one. But I know the anti, go back to the anti thing. At the time, Faith in Andy, but I didn't have faith in the business around no. Andy. I, I, I wasn't sure that he was... And we saw that... Because he was dangerous. Well, the the, the, the business, we saw the business take place the following year when he was scheduled to fight Billy Joe Saunders at Tolman Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Frank Warren organising that one. Good stuff. Puts it on, puts on the fight, right? On the same day as Ireland's World Rugby World Cup opener in Wales. Yeah. So half the population of Limerick, so Limerick is gone. gone out of there. Gone yeah, to yeah. watch Ireland. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah, was there yeah. in the camper van. Yeah. I'm not even a big rugby yeah. fan, but yeah. we went because Ireland playing in the World Cup, yeah, yeah. hundred yeah. miles away. Yeah. You know, so and they put it on that day and didn't sell, didn't shift any tickets, and then they. And then Andy got chewed up by the business. He ended up rematch. He ended up fighting Billy Joe Saunders months later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Training camp for about yeah, five months. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, nearly, yeah, won the, nearly yeah. pulled the fight out of the bag as well. But well, he had to get that. He had to do that fight anyway because part of the deal of yeah right, of time, originally but, getting the fight for the world title. But, but, but nonetheless, I mean, and that, but that's the nature of, of what it was. But the work, the, look, when the band came down, I mean, look, you know, you were to call a column, 
And so we were, every week we were, maybe I, in my case, I'd try and highlight a fight, right? Mm-hmm. There were lads I went out of my way to, to get and give them the coverage. And sometimes it didn't give a shout whether they got coverage or not. But in fact, it would have helped their career ultimately. Yeah. And uh, the next thing is, you know, no comment for Irish media. Yeah. Now, that much sort of you could almost... If we rewind just a little bit yeah. before that, I, the, the one way I can understand why people would have signed for MGM or MTK or whatever yeah. because is because we saw for years boxers being chewed up and spat out. Yeah. Treated like absolute shit when they should have been protected yeah. and looked after. We saw many fighters get to 11 or 12 or no and then maybe sign a deal with a British promoter and you think, whoa, you know... He, you know, yeah. this could happen yeah, 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 yeah. because the British promoters would tell us this bullshit story. Oh, we've signed this young Irish fighter. He's a good talker, great fighter, has yeah, knockouts. Yeah. When he when he gets to that level, we're going to bring him back to Dublin and we're going to have a big homecoming for this guy. And we'd listen to this stuff and often print it. You know, I wish. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what what they really meant was we're going to sign him. We're going to leave him now on the bench for a full year. Yes. Then we're going to put him up against one of our prospects who'll beat him and make his name off him and take his sure. ranking title yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then we'll just get rid of the Irish guy that yeah. we do not care about. And I've seen yeah. that happen so many times oh, over the years. The world that's that's the one thing I can understand with boxers who did sign with NTK. Yeah. And so because they were also looking at probably a generation of fighters being chewed up, spit out and trampled on. And yeah. if you have a team in your corner who aren't going to let that happen, I can understand that. But... It does also. But, they, but look, at, look at everybody, the early days of MGM, everybody went through there, went to the gym. Like, like lots of people who might like to, us to forget that they were there, were there. But I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's just that it went all really bad, awful after, you know, ultimately. Well, but when, when people are murdered uh, way yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the sport, you know, that yeah, yeah. we... Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It went absolutely off. But early on, I early on, like, I mean, certain boxers would talk to you, they would talk to me and say, you know, I mean, nothing's happening to my career, mm. you know, I'm, I'm going to waste the next two years, just blah, blah, waiting for something. You know, if I, if I, if I sign this, I'm going to get regular fights and if I prove myself, there'd be titles and, you know, and I could, you could understand, I could understand why guys signed with one promoter as opposed to a different promoter somewhere else. But, but when everything sort of started to go pear-shaped, uh, and then you got certain Irish boxers, not just shoving the yoke on their social media, which yeah. you look at, that's a logo, okay. But when they actively sort of started going into print, giving out shite about Irish. Yeah, yeah. I, a little bit of short-term gain for me, but what's, led to, what's effectively led to a lot of long-term ruination for yeah. the entire industry, yeah, yeah. the entire absolutely. sport. And absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, you no. know, who knows where this, what direction this is going to go. Like, but yeah. the damage has been done to boxing. And like, so the reason I kind of highlighted their two-year... Two of the last chapters in your book, like you've the Frampton, you've the Lee and the Frampton chapters. And I'm just looking at 2014 when the two of them ruled. Yeah, for sure. Well. And sure. Then, then afterwards, kind of things did start to change quite rapidly. And uh, we're talking, sure, it went. <laughs> it just, it, 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 that, that the truth. That, you have a chapter in there on McGregor, on McGregor where you persuaded, did someone twist your arm or was it just impossible to ignore the fact that an Irish guy was in the richest boxing match of all time? Or no, I, 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 yeah, I, initially I hadn't. I, initially, I hadn't written, hadn't anything about McGregor, but it was suggested to me that I suppose you really have to write something about McGregor, right? Show business with and, blood. And, and, and I thought, okay, well, I had a couple of sort of 
I had a couple of interesting angles that I wanted to explore anyway, right? And I had only ever spoken to Conor McGregor once, and I liked, you know, I liked the cut of his jib. Yeah. Um, and uh, when did you speak to him? How did you? That was was it before uh, the Aldo thing? Or what was it? Man said the Brazilian geezer. Aldo, yeah. Aldo, yeah. And um, I, I found him, you know, I, I just, you know, he was dead on. And the early version of himself that used to appear in the Late Late Show and all that, that was charismatic in the way that the young Ali had been, or Cassius Clay, as we call him then, was, was, was charismatic and so on. So, so at the time I would have met him, um, it was part of a press conference thing, but we had a bit of a, an engagement. And I thought, he, you know, I, 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 I found him respectful and, and easy to talk to and bright and so on and so forth. Um, and, but then, you know, I sort of, I thought, well, the more I thought about it, coming out of the Crumlin gym, you know, Bill Sutcliffe again, yeah, you know. Yeah, big Bill, yeah. And, uh, and then it's... A remarkable of, place, like a remarkable, I took a walk around it recently for an episode with Phil, just, God, yeah. if Walls could talk and we just yeah. walked around. Yeah, yeah. Who's that Phil and who's that Phil yeah, there? Yeah, and, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. He's a Hollywood actor and that's Muhammad Ali and, and that fella... He got shot when he was fifteen, and it's just it's different yeah. stories. He's locked. Yeah. He's a prison officer. He's an army officer. Yeah, he's locked up. Yeah, you know it's yeah, just yeah. a full spectrum of life, really. You know? But also, but also, you know, sort of then I said, well, actually, hang on, which Irish boxer has has fought Muddy Weather, you know, yeah. or Mayweather rather, uh, uh, Muddy Mayweather, and I thought, yeah. Bloody hell, what do you think about it, actually? For a while there, every Irish boxer wanted to be McGregor. They wanted to be somewhat associated with him. You always sparred him, and that, that, would, that would make their story a headline. Sure, story. and don't you forget, know? he was... And, and he then was so the biggest the world for quite a while. Well, quite apart from that, as I was, you know, as I told about it, just as I told about it, um, you know, he would, he'd be in the stadium, you know, and he'd be supporting Jamie Conlon or Michael Conlon, or he'd be in the stadium supporting... Um, um, Jamie Cavanagh was it? Or, Jamie Cavanagh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Cavanagh, and so, so he just thought, well, you know, he supported his his mates, the lads who yeah. grew up in the gym, and yeah, and I just thought, actually, sorry, he is of boxing stock, and so yeah, I and I thought, yeah, he probably deserves to be in here because, and there's also a sort of a, as a counterweight that you know this lad who had boxed in the gym for years. And of course, boxing, his boxing ability was, you know, is the thing that was winning it's a lot what of fights. Fight, yeah, you know? for sure. So, so, uh, yeah, I just, I just thought it very curious that so this lad, this man apart from everybody else, everybody wants the big payday. Yeah. I mean, that's where yeah, you know yeah. it's it's world title and the big payday. He goes through it's a slightly different circuitous route, gets the big payday. And as you said, I, I, you know, I could <laughs> have wobbled back to my. And he corner. got the big payday, maybe like. Just you've got little quotes throughout the book, and as well, like you know, there's one from Steve Collins about death. What's it? What, how's it go? He says it's at the start of his all boxers live with the presence of death. Yeah, we talked about some some dark events, you know, from people being but, there, but that is, but, to, no, but that's the underboxers, and people don't the boxers you know, have inflicted death upon their opponents, the boxers have nearly died themselves in yeah. the ring. But for most, that sort of talk is, is taboo, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. McGregor embraced it like I'm going to rip off your I'm going to cut your head off and stuff like that and then 
he fights in the most expensive fight of all time. You know, the, the money yeah, fight yeah. for all time. Yeah. There's probably some sort of connection between people. Yeah, and I think, but they think a lot of that sort of, the, the, yeah, but I think a lot of the quotes are sort of like, you know, 50 cent, you know, and I think a lot of, it's, it's just yeah, part of it. Oh, it's part of a showbiz that vernacular be, now, isn't it? You know, you've got show business of blood. Ice, Jim Sheridan had his ice tea. Die, die trying, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, record, yeah. So. Um, so anyway, so I, I felt, yeah, I felt McGregor had, should be in there and had to be in there and anyway, at a Crumlin gym. And I spoke to Phil and, uh, you know, Phil talked to me about him as well. So I just, I, you know, when he was in the gym, not, not going to order anything, but it was just insightful. If you could interview anyone from Irish boxing, past or present, I suppose past, but who would you, who would you like to interview? Oh, really? Yeah. That's a tricky one now, isn't it? Um, Goodness. I don't know, because I think we've spoken to them all, really. Yeah, exactly. We? That's how open it is. You know, we've, we've talked to everybody. I mean, yeah. we probably have. I mean, there are probably figures in history that that I don't necessarily need to know more about or enough. Maybe I don't know enough about them. I'd love to have seen the film that Jerry Callan intended to make about Jimmy McLaren. Has he, he's talked oh, yeah. No, he never spoke to yeah, me about that. He, yeah, yeah. I think he had the interviews lined up. I, Maybe even some of them done, but the... the the uh, the project never took place, but Jerry knew him towards the end of his life. McLaren was still alive, and uh, the plan was there. I hope I'm not talking out of school for that one, but it's maybe someone like that. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I prodded Jerry for years about writing a book, another book, you know, and I know that I know that he 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 had a an idea in his head of how to go at it and how to go. It certainly would be different and better than mine, but it's, it's, uh, see, there's loads of ways of telling, you know, the story you need to tell, I think, about boxing. I mean, you know, you, your take on the period, or it doesn't even have to be the period. It, it can be specific individuals. It's just different ways of, Absolutely. it's a big subject. There's a million books about Football, there's million books about whatever. So um, I, I think just the more the merrier, essentially, because you know, we, we read them all, Yeah, you know, at least for fans do. Um, so I really hope that Jerry actually was, I suspect that he had maybe started working it before he got sick the first time. And so maybe if he got a chance it'll to. Come, it'll come. It just takes a bit of energy. That's Irrepressible is Jerry, so it'll come. Yeah. Uh, Eamon, we're going to wrap it up, I think. Uh, I yeah. Okay. Before we go, though. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trick question now. Say Felice. What's that? Hello? Are you happy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, a happy man. Are you, are you, are you a, a happy man? man? <laughs> oh, oh, that, that's, the, that's the extra bit of uh, sauce you, that, that cut through the bone of Mr. Capitone. Are you a happy man? And, uh, <laughs> man. You must be happy to have the book out, though. I'd love, love to be able to sit down with Trapatoni, but unfortunately, yeah. the hell didn't cancel me. Anyway, that would have been a, a shame. No, I tell you one thing. It is such a relief to actually, that it's now out, but it was even just a relief to get it finished, you know, because I just wanted see the, any, any any coaches that I've met over the years, any boxers I've met over the years, They've all been shocking nice people. Mm. And, and it's always, I shouldn't be surprised, but whenever you talk to them, it's always a surprise that they're so, they're so open. And, you know, so and a lot of that, I think, in my mind, 
it goes back to when my dad used to go to the gym to, to train. Now, he wasn't a boxing trainer. He was he sort of helped out as a boxing makes trainer. Makes it worse when you hear about some of the skeletons in some of their closets. No, no, oh, like, no. Well, we know that too, but that's life, you yeah, know? No. I mean, I don't. You meet a lot of genuine people out there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I sort of cut, it's open, it I cut people slack, you know, because yeah. we all have skeletons, you know? Opens a lot of doors for, I think, participants and fans. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people are... are have more knowledge of the traveling community. If you if you follow boxing, you're going to have more knowledge of the traveling community than, let's say, if you follow GA or football. Yeah, yeah. And the kind yeah. of north-south relations as well. There's, you know, we'll know yeah. people from the unionists as well as the national side in, in the north. Yes. Like, quite comfortably. Yes, right? and, yeah. And you know, on an everyday basis, yeah. just because of following the sport. So I think it opens up our horizons on this island and probably worldwide too. I mean, when you think about it as well, I mean, there's probably, you know, there's probably... I, there are lots of ways of, of, of I think, approaching books on, on boxing. Look, like the trainers, the, the trainers that we've had in this country. Really, when you think about it, astonishing. And the effort and the work that they've put in. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. But what hadn't been there in professional boxing was the infrastructure. Brian Peters brought that. Mm. And Leonard Gunning, to an extent as well, given his due. Um, but, you know, they, they, they put a bit of a discipline on on, on it uh, and for the loads of people's careers and use their smarts um, and got lucky as well to an extent. I mean, lucky with television coverage and so on. Um, but I mean, like Not that... Not Leonard, unfortunately. It would have been, been good to see some of his shows get more television. Absolutely. More, no, more no, no, television yeah. and backup. Like he, they, they were running shows during the so-called there was no boxing in Dublin everyone would run yeah, the paper yeah, oh yeah. boxing has been yeah, cancelled yeah, in, yeah, in Dublin yeah, since the Regency yeah. but it wasn't true there was a promotion in Dublin that needed support that didn't really get much you, know, yeah. you did yeah. uh, you supported it a lot and you used to write about the various different headliners who weren't big names but that's because no one was writing about them. You know what I mean? And, that's all it was. And it needed more support and it didn't get it, I don't think. And, and look at us now. We just In this month of September, two shows cancelled yeah. in a row. In yeah, consecutive yeah, yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah two yeah. shows have bitten the dust. And it looked, like, looked really promising as well. And everybody was excited and people were up for it. Yeah. Um, but then again, if, if, you know, I mean, you can't just put on a show without actually adhering to a certain set of... What are they? Uh, protocols and rules yeah, or whatever, yeah. regulations and financial stipulations and all that sort of stuff. Like in the, you know, there was a time when you wouldn't have had to have an ambulance standing by, yeah. you know. So there's just certain stuff changes. And if, if, if promoters can't get with the times and do it. Yeah, uh, that's, one, that's one for another day for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Eamon, not that I'm wanna, saying that I know why they were No, I know, of course. Yeah, no, Eamon, I want to thank you for inviting me to your place today for this interview. No, no, no. Thanks very much. And for all the uh, the crack over the years as well on press. Please, road. God, we'll have more. That's right. I'm slightly yeah. open. We'll have more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you keep cancelling shows, you won't get to do any more. But um, no, we've had a. We have to make crack, our own. Uh, we have to make our own crack, crack, crack these over days. the years. And a couple of jars here and there, and here's to many more. So. Yeah, no, I'd like to get, I'd like to try with just. Between you, I'd like to try and get the gang together as well, just to, even just a party occasion. Even that's just like it's just another book, you know what I mean? It's a, a, another book on boxing. Oh, right, okay, but nonetheless, it, it would be just nice to get the usual gang that you know would sit in the corner of the bar after a session, whatever, having a chin yeah. wag, just just together, just to 
Leonard just to Carter do it. it is, so. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> just to do it. Um, right. Well, look, Eamon, I'll, I'll wrap up the podcast here. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening.